You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Live at the studio of Worldwide Sports Radio. All right, let's go. It's the third and long show. And here's your hosts, Maddie Caps and KT Hepburn. And welcome, everybody, to a brand new show of Third and Long here at the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. We are live in Hop Hog, New York. You got myself, Mr. Matty Caps, along with my co-host, producer, good friend, comrade, confidant. He goes by the name of Speedy Petey. I know him as Speedy Petey. You know him as Speedy Petey. Speedy Petey is in the house as well. But ladies and gentlemen, we are now three days away. From the greatest spectacle on this planet, that is Super Bowl 54, all the way down in Miami, in Miami Gardens. But first, Speedy, what's going on, pal? What do you got planned this weekend? I know you're excited for the Super Bowl just like I am. Absolutely. But what's going on, pal? I've got a great Super Bowl party at my house. Uh, My family goes hard on bringing in appetizers, bringing in chili. My mother makes chili every year. Beer appetizers, everything, really. All the good stuff. Yeah, all the good stuff. We do a huge spread every year. It's a, lo- it's a lot of fun. Uh, we usually do some kind of just friendly, uh, not any money-based, but Super Bowl uh, pool with the numbers, with the grids. We always do that every year. And it's always fun every year. It's basically a tradition we've done really since, I think, Super Bowl 39 was the first one I remember. Wow. We did that. 15 years ago. Yep. We... We were, it wasn't as drastic then because we were younger, so we couldn't eat as much. We obviously couldn't drink then, but not as drastic. Nah, you can still drink then. 15 years ago, you're good. You, 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 were, you were still <laughs> able to drink. You were still able to drink. Yes. We'll get time travel so I can do that. <laughs> that would be fun. But, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Good. I'm glad. What do you, what do you have planned? I'm, uh, I'm going to my wife's friend's house in Hop Hog, so literally about 10 minutes away from here. So, that, so that's going to be a good time as well. But you know me, I, I'm, I'm a compulsive gambler, and I can't wait for this game to take place because it's just, overall, it's just going to be a very, very good time. And I th- I, I, I think we're going to see some fireworks with this uh, with with this Super Bowl, to be honest with you. I think this Super Bowl has the markings to be a very, very good Super Bowl. And, that, and that's basically going to be our show today, ladies and gentlemen. Speedy Petey and I, we are going to break down the Super Bowl. We're gonna give you a preview. We're gonna do our pickums and stuff, and yeah, that, that, that's really gonna be our show. If we have time at the end, we're maybe get into a little bit of Mookie bets and uh, maybe a little bit of Dusty Baker talk, a little Major League Baseball talk concerning pitchers and catchers report in about 14, 13, 14 days. So we're gonna get into that. But Speedy, let's get into it first. And you want to know what I want to talk about the San Francisco 49ers, okay? You look at the San Francisco 49ers, this team of the San Francisco 49ers, they are built on that defensive front. They are built on that defensive side of the ball. This team is here for a reason, okay? This team has been the best team in the NFC all season. I honestly thought the Saints would be here. I did too. But this team, this San Francisco 49er team, they, they, they're a team that when they put it all together, and yes, I don't trust Jimmy Garoppolo, and we're going to talk about him in a little bit. But when it all comes down to it, this team from top to bottom, defense to offense, from line to linebackers to secondary to offensive line, running backs, receivers, this team is as good as anybody on the field. Could you agree with me with that? Yeah, they're very balanced. We knew they improved in the offseason. We didn't know how much because there were still flaws in that secondary. There and there still, still is flaws. There were still flaws on the, with that receiving core. And the run game, we knew Tevin Coleman was good in Atlanta with Kyle Shanahan. But he had a down year in terms of running the ball itself. And then, obviously, the other running backs, too. We didn't expect them to do well as well as they did. But the Niners have shown they – their strengths are obvious, like you mentioned, but they also shown they have some balance in them, too. And I think One thing about this game. Super Bowl that makes me happy is that this Super Bowl is 
the first time since the 2015 season, the New England Patriots are not competing in the <laughs> NFL, the, the NFL's title game. Are you exist? Are you as excited as I am for this? Well, it, normally with that, it depends on which other AFC team is in it. But I'll say this: for the first time, probably since the Ravens were that four seed, it was a that wild card, not wild card, but underdog run Ray Lewis's final year that was the last really likable AFC team I think you really just say in general because usually the NFC teams they're always somebody different it's always interesting but the AFC like it's always the Patriots or the Broncos or the Steelers like it's you can expect it the Chiefs are a nice different touch on the AFC which is really good to say they it definitely is and honestly it makes me feel good not to see the New England Patriots in this in this title game which we haven't seen, obviously, in about five years. So this makes me pretty darn excited to see this. But you look at this right now. This team has plenty of common with each other. They're both built with brilliant offensive minds in Kyle Shanahan and Andy Reid. Okay? Their offensive philosophies in 2019 at their core are identical. And you want to know what? Speed kills. Mm -hmm. They force defenses to guard every blade of grass on the field and punish them in seconds when they try to get away from taking a playoff. At their best, it seems that that it's almost impossible to stop them. And let's be real here. For the most part, this postseason, nobody has. Nobody has been able to stop these two teams. Okay, And of course, these teams serve up the same problems in two totally different ways. The Chiefs have to set an alarm on their phone to remind themselves to run the ball. Because let's be real, when you have a guy like Patrick Mahomes that can pass the ball with the best of them, who arguably might be the best quarterback right now in our generation, okay, it's tough to really run the ball. This is the offense that called 31 pass plays against just six runs while scoring seven consecutive touchdowns in a in a in an onslaught of a comeback against the Houston Texans in the divisional round, the San Francisco 49ers, on the other hand, they've dialed up run after run after run, and they ran the ball. They run on 71 of their past 88 plays. That is absurd. The Chiefs are often an entry point. For new ideas into the NFL. Andy Reid is a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant man. He has been ahead of the curve for nearly two decades as a head coach. And let's be real, Kyle Shanahan has just set the tone in their NFC Championship game by winning, by running something Vince Lombardi would have had in his playbook for opening the score. So, Speedy, talk about the San Francisco 49ers right now. And I want to start on the defensive side of the ball. That defensive front four of Bosa, Bruckner, little Armstead, they're a little scary, wouldn't you say? Yeah, they're very scary in a sense where they have many different guys. You can't double-team anybody. They've tried that when double-teaming Bosa at times. They've tried, uh, the Packers tried it last week, trying to double-team Buckner on the inside, but then other guys got in on the inside. Uh, Armstead had a great game, and even Solomon Thomas had some pressure as well. So that's definitely tough. I think the interior pressure will really make a difference in this game because we saw Patrick Mahomes against the Titans really do a good job rushing to the outside, which is a little easier to recognize. But if you have to rush to the inside, it'll be even harder to recognize right away and be able to just jump to it because usually when quarterbacks can read different blitz types, you could tell, all right, you can roll out to the right. This linebacker's blitzing, etc. So that'll be one tough matchup. I think the key for the Niners in this game, I think the two biggest keys, how well will their linebackers be able to play in the slot area? We've seen Kawan Alexander play very well so far, but his replacement throughout the year, Drake Greenlaw, he's a fast linebacker too, and he did a good job taking away tight ends, doing a good job against running backs, and that's going to be very key. The Chiefs are going to look to spread out the Niners. They have all that receiving depth. Travis Kelsey, they'll use in the slot area, lined up as a receiver a lot of the time, too. So if those linebackers, Warner, Greenlaw, and Kwan Alexander, can take those flats away, it'll, it'll make it harder. Plus, again, if Mahomes is going to roll out like he did against Tennessee, they're going to have to do some 
trickier coverages and quarterback spy concepts too. So I think that'll be another thing to look at too. And also, after Richard Sherman, who I think can help against Tyreek Hill with his physicality, can those other smaller corners play well against somebody big like Sammy Watkins, against Travis Kelsey? That's where they have the size. You talk about the speed, they also have the size there. Watkins was a big threat against Tennessee, against a Dory Jackson, a smaller corner for that reason, against some smaller safeties and linebackers. And the Niners, I don't think that end of it is better than the Titans, but it's still good and it's still very well coached where they could do that. But if guys like Watkins and Kelsey can win with size, that's going to be a tough matchup for the Niners. So can Robert Sala do the same creative things we saw Mike Vrabel do for a while where they had some tough coverage disguises. Just Mahomes was just better in that, and that's why they are able to beat the Titans. Can they do that in a different way to maybe make those guys not open and then those pass rushers can get there? You can make a credible case for each side using the weapons the other team doesn't have to win in Miami. The 49ers have a dominant, dominant front four, which we were just talking about, Speedy, the front four. And according to the uh, defensive adjusted value over average, the DVOA, the San Francisco 49ers are ranked second in the NFL. Nick Bosa and company took over in dominant regular season performances against the Rams and Packers and squeezed out the hopes of the Minnesota Vikings during the second half of their divisional round playoff games. The Kansas City Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes, and that seems to grant them access to a unimaginable realm of football at its best. You look at the both Chiefs offense and the 49ers defense capable of overrunning the competition for stretches of time, it's going to be ma- it's going to come down to who throws the biggest punch. I'm I'm intrigued to see whether how each team performs on the other side of the ball will end up deciding this game. And let, let, let's start right now on talking about what the 49ers can do with the football and how the Chiefs can try to stop them. So, Speedy, let me ask you, before I get into it, how do you think the 49ers' offense is going to attack the Kansas City Chiefs? I think you're going to see a lot of outside and unconventional running types in this game because we saw what the Chiefs did to basically the hottest hand running back in football at Derrick Henry. They bottled him up. They knew how to stop him, even with the not-talented linebackers and interior defensive linemen that they have. The Chiefs' run defense during the regular season was 26th in the league. Now, they were improving over the course of the year, and they did do well in certain instances against good running backs. But Derrick Henry was just on a whole nother level, and they were able to hold him to 69 yards. They had six guys in the backfield. Now, the Niners run offense has their own hot hand too and Raheem Mostert who was the best running back for them in the second half of the season so expect Spagnolo to try to game plan for that so I think the counter from Kyle Shanahan is going to be to utilize other guys and other concepts running back receivers running out of the backfield they have the speed with that with Debo Samuel with guys like that and uh, Coleman, if he does play, I think he'll be utilized as a receiver a lot more than a running back. So expect him to use the jet sweeps. You got other fast receivers that can make a difference. Maybe Emmanuel Sanders running. I think you could see a lot of those kinds of instances where that can happen. We've seen even Kittle at times be used on uh, tight end screens and tight end sweeps. I think you're going to see a lot of those kinds of concepts end up making a difference. I think Breida is definitely going to be somebody that will be utilized more. I thought he was going to be utilized more against Green Bay just because I think Talawai is the best inside runner. But I think even more, now that he's a little healthier, has two weeks to heal, I think that will end up making a difference. So I think that's what you're going to see mostly with those kinds of concepts. And like I said, I think both teams are going to be utilizing a lot of slot concepts in this game to match up against those. The the biggest weakness of the Chiefs defense, talent-wise, they're outside linebackers. And the Well, Jimmy G already gets rid of the ball very, very fast. He doesn't he doesn't right. like to throw the ball downfield. Right. No, I know that. And I, I think in terms of taking advantage of that, that's where they're gonna utilize a lot of that slot areas, whether it's slot receivers, whether it's somebody like Kittle out of the slot or the running backs. And for the Chiefs end of it, they have all the receiving depth to do that with their speed. If those linebackers are not able to press or if those linebackers are forced to have to spy on Mahomes running or rolling out. That could create an advantage for the Chiefs. So 
I think the slot areas will be the biggest keys, and San Francisco has done a great job utilizing that. And like you said, the quick attack and creative attack of Kyle Shanahan. They use 78% of motion plays have motion in them. That's going to make a big difference if those linebackers don't run with them or if Steve Spagnuolo has those guys in the wrong zones, they can take advantage of it. So I think you're going to see a lot of creative, unconventional running types and you're going to see a lot of slot emphasis in this game from the Niners. I'm going to talk a little bit about the San Francisco 49ers now because I think back of this team, and this team is very, very good. I'm going to take nothing away from them. And I'm do hoping we get a few memorable moments in this Super Bowl. But the play of the postseason so far came in the first quarter of the NFC Championship game. San Francisco was facing a third down and eight on the edge of field goal range. Packers defensive coordinator Mike Pettin, he dialed up an exotic front. You know what play I'm talking about, Speedy? And with just one defender put his hands on the ground and Zadarius Smith stood in the A-gap. They lined up wide, a wide nine end and far outside left tackle Joe yep. Staley. Yep. So Pettin, what he was hoping for, that the two Smiths would meet in the line in the backfield and stealing a sack of Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, did that happen? No, that didn't happen. Kyle Shanahan, being the genius that he is, he called a trap play on that. Yep. And again, it's the same trap play you would run in elementary school, in middle school, in high school. And they both, the two linebackers shot into the backfield and nobody was there. And you, you, you look at it right now, Mostert, who was the ball carrier at that time, was off to one of the biggest uh, biggest plays plays of the games in NFL history, and all of that on a third and eight trap play. Right. It, 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 it's pretty crazy. The 49ers in that game, in a in a Packer game, beat up beat up on them for four quarters with virtually no defensive reply, overwhelming a defense that was ranked 23rd in the league in rushing. Um, and you look on Sunday. Shanahan and his offense is going to face a Chiefs team that finished the season 29th in rush defense. They did an effective job of slowing down Derrick Henry to make it to the Super Bowl. You're going to take nothing away in what this defense has done to get to the Super Bowl. And I'm going to really talk about that in a little bit. Right, they wouldn't be here otherwise. <laughs> but there are reasons to worry whether it will be as effective on Sunday. And I'm going to say this because I'm going to get into this now. It will definitely be as effective because I don't really care who the 49ers have in that backfield running the football because they don't have the best running back in the league right now in Derrick Henry, who the Kansas City Chiefs just made look like he never played football before, holding him to 69 yards. This is a guy in Derrick Henry who has rushed in the playoffs for over 300 yards in two games combined. What was it? A 190 and 185 against the... 182 and 191. 182 yeah. and 191? Whatever. Uh, uh, and arguably against the Ravens defense, who was ranked number one in every almost every statistical category on the defensive side of the ball. Okay? And the Kansas City Chiefs defense shut them down to 60... Uh, six held him down to 69 yards. If, if you are a big fan of the 49ers defense... Get ready to watch a very, very good Kansas City Chiefs team. We all know what Kyle Shanahan's going to do. How he's going to attack the Chiefs. He's going to attack them on the trenches. He's going to attack them running the football. Because I'm going to be honest with you and I'm going to say this again. I don't trust Jimmy Garoppolo to make a big play if needed. Speedy, do you trust Jimmy G to make a play Throwing the ball downfield if needed. I don't know. I don't know if it's more Jimmy G. I think it's more. Do you trust the receivers to be able to run those kinds of routes if needed? Because if that if it comes down to an obvious passing situation, George Kittle can do it. We know that. Can those receivers do it? Is the, is the biggest question. And also keep in mind, my good friend Speedy over there, who's the defensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs? Steve Spagnuolo. Who? Who? Won them the, who won the Giants the Super Bowl back in 2009? Was he there in 2011? Was he the deep? No, he left no, already. He, he, he was, he was at Rams. the Rams. Yeah, yeah, he was at the Rams already. I think uh, 
Harry Fuel was defensive coordinator that year. Steve Spagnolo has the pedigree to shut down defensive runs because you look in that 2009 Super Bowl run that the that the New York Giants had. They won because their run game was good, but they won because their defense was able to stop the run game. Steve Spagnolo got his defense to stop the run game of the Tennessee Titans, which has been torching everybody. So what makes you think that Steve Spagnolo is not going to be able to stop the run game of the San Francisco 49ers? That's why I said the creative concepts are going to be necessary. Green Bay, they against Green Bay, they were trying very similar types of runs. That's why I think against the Chiefs, you're gonna you can't just run one style. Derrick Henry is Derrick Henry. That's one guy to game plan for. Even though he's the, the hottest running back in the league, that's one guy to game plan for. That's why I said you can't just trust Mostert to be able to do what he did against the Packers. It's when it's one guy. That's why I said multiple guys have to be involved to make them overthink things, make them try to game plan differently. And then maybe later on it'll open up for somebody like Mostert, who's a little who's a little more like that hot hand type. The Chiefs are going to have to change one of the key components on the defensive game plan they use against the Titans. Steve Spagnolo, who, in my opinion, is one of the better defensive coordinators in the game of football, was able to bring back star defensive tackle. Keep that in mind. Chris Jones was back for that Titan game, which really clogged the middle right. for, for them from a calf injury. But Jones is still not close to 100%, and Jones's snaps were limited. But let's be real here. Chris Jones just had two weeks off, okay? He played in the game before with limited snaps. I'm sure he's going to be a little bit limited now, but he's definitely going to see more time on the field in this Super Bowl. Wouldn't you agree with that? Wouldn't you think yeah. that he's a little healthier from two weeks ago, three weeks ago when he when he played and whatnot? The pen, and keep in mind, he's also a free agent, okay? He's an excellent, excellent, excellent gap shooter. He might be one of the best in the NFL. And he's capable of making plays in the backfield against both the pass and the run. But fellow tackle Mike Pinnell, who's also... Much stouter, okay, at the point of attack and was likely a better fit against the Titans' rushing attack because, let's be real, Derrick Henry's a well, big they rotate, runner. They rotated their second team. <laughs> oh, I know. But, but that's what I was just getting into because Steve Spagnuolo's solution to that was to use a two-man rotation in that spot. With Jones and Pinnell never seeing the field together, which is better off, Pinnell was on the field when the Titans came out on early downs with rush, with rush personnel Packages, and Spagnolo subbed him him uh, for Jones in obvious pass situations. So, do you think Steve Spagnolo is going to stick to that when it gets to this game? I think so. I don't see him changing that well, and, yeah. because it worked brilliantly the game before. Okay, now, I do think there'll be more emphasis on using other guys. The reason Pennell I think played more in that game as the primary end of that rotation, I think was really his size. He's 6'4", 330. But that's what I mean. He, he's much more stout. And let's be real here. Pinnell did a great job and, and came up with consecutive short yardage stops against Derrick Henry while Jones harassed Ryan Tannehill throughout the game on third down. And was used in more outside running situations because of his agility. Now, here's the thing I think you're going to look at more. The 49ers are different where Brita is an inside runner more, but is not really the same power back that Derrick Henry is. He you're, has, you're almost taking the words out of my mouth. He has the agility. Mostert's the more of a speed guy. Tevin Coleman's definitely a speed and agility guy with good secondary moves. I think you're going to see more of stunts in this kind of game, so I think you can see more of a Derek Minotti approach. You're going to see more of uh, this guy. I love his last name. Uh, Passignon, I think it is. 6'7", 289, but also has good agility. Could be a defensive end at times, too. And don't be surprised if you see what Mike Zimmer did against the 49ers, too, at times, rotating their defensive ends Well, I'm, well, well. I'm going to tell you this. Spagnolo is going to have to change that on Sunday because what Kyle Shanahan does, and does it very well, is he doesn't offer many tells with his personnel groupings. The 49, While the 49ers' most common package during the season was of the 11 personnel, one running back, one tight end, three wide receivers, Shanahan's offense was far more effective out of 21 personnel. Two running backs, one tight end, two wide receivers. Right. It, it, it should be 
San Francisco's base package, getting both Kyle Juzak Juzak and uh, George Kittle on the field together. That, that that's going to be huge. And I'm a, again, Steve Spagnuolo is going to have to have to coach the game of his life in this Super Bowl in order for the Kansas City Chiefs to win. The 49ers ran the 21 personnel more frequently than any team in football during the regular season, using it 26.7% of the time. And during the playoffs, with their run run game dominating, they have upped the ante and gone with their favorite grouping on just under 40% of offensive snaps, including 11 of Garoppolo's 27 pass attempts. It really is going to be an interesting... It's going to be almost like a cat-and-mouse battle, wouldn't you say, Speedy? But between the two coaches going yeah, forward. Yeah, they're all great across the board to all these coaches. You got Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy on one side and obviously Spagnolo on the defensive side. And then you got Robert Sala and Kyle Shanahan on the Niners. So it's definitely going to be interesting. And I think in terms of this point, I said this all year, this was the year where a lot of these lesser talented teams, just great concept-based teams, got there. And I'm not saying the 49ers or Chiefs don't have talent, but they had to in some areas really compensate with the coaching to really make a difference uh, in terms of getting those other guys to play. And I think with the linebackers, with the Chiefs especially, and the interior defensive linemen with the Chiefs, they really had to use coaching and different concepts to be able to do that. And I think you're going to have to recycle, not recycle, but try different things again. I think you're going to see guys like Terrell Suggs, guys like Emmanuel Ogba in the flat to try to take away that outside run. I think you're going to see, like I said, more concept with Passignone and uh, Breland Speaks, guys like that that are more agile interior guys that are maybe are more pass rush types used against the inside run of more agile running backs for the Niners. And same thing with the Niners. I think you're going to end up seeing a lot of their linebackers having to guard the flats, having to play man on those lineback- uh, those receivers. So it's definitely going to be interesting the way they're going to end up coaching. And there's going to be a lot of motion plays. These are the two biggest motion coaches in the league. Like you were saying before, Andy Reid was doing it before it got popular. Oh, yeah. And he's going to do it a lot with his fast receivers. And like I said with the Niners receivers, don't be surprised if you see the Chiefs receivers do some jet sweeps as well to get their running game going. Well, so the how pro- will they adjust to that will be a big question too. The problems that personnel package brings up for the opposition, it is almost similar to last year's Super Bowl where James Devlin and Rob Gronkowski brought up uh, for the Patriots last year. I mean, you look at it, the Patriots did that personnel, twenty-two that 22 personnel, which the 49ers have used nearly 33% of the time during the, during the postseason. The Patriots scored on that, obviously the one touchdown of the game last year on that. So you look at it, that could be a problem going forward. The San Francisco's 49ers... They really thrive on their ability to use uh, George Kittle and Juzik as weapons in the running and passing games. Because Juzik does catch the ball out of the backfield. Yep. You, w- you wouldn't think so because of how big and stocky that man is. But he does catch he the ball speed. out of the yeah, he, speed, he, he so. catches the ball out of the backfield very well. And obviously we're going to get to what Ken- Kittle can do as a receiver later on. But what's even more impressive is his blocking that has become the stuff that makes him a legend. He He's almost like an honorary Rob Gronkowski at this point. He, he's an all-pro. He, he does everything that Rob Gronkowski can do. Kittle essentially gives the 49ers a sixth offensive lineman when they want him to block, which is a lot. They do want George Kittle to block He's been a doing lot. that a lot in the postseason, too, which... But here you go. He Which can is interesting to an extent, but it also scares me. He can he can help out uh, right tackle Mike McGlinchey and Frank Clark. Uh, they come across the formation to wham defensive linemen and get upfield to overwhelm second level defenders, and 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 that is something that's going to need to happen in order for the San Francisco 49ers to be successful in this Super Bowl. Okay, when you look at Jusic. I, I mean, you look at him, he's an ideal fit for Shanahan's offense. He's a reliable, consistent blocker who can move all around the formation to create ideal angles in the running game. Uh, it isn't often going to the lineup on the outside and beat a linebacker one-on-one off the line of scrimmage, but he is athletic enough okay, to run for a big play when Shanahan schemes him open. And let's be real here, and while the advanced metrics suggested that Jusic 
did it make an impact on the offense in 17 or 18? The 49ers... <laughs> Says who? The 49ers have been much better with him on the field in 2019. So that's something you got to keep in mind, too. And also, okay, and one thing the 49ers do well with both Jusak and Kittle is get them in motion just before the snap and create leverage on the defense before they can, inju- before they can adjust. And Warren Sapp noted earlier that the 49ers use, use motion in the running game more than anybody else in football. While the Chiefs are the NFL's worst defense when, you, when uh, teams use the motion, that is something you're going to have to keep in mind. And I think Kyle Shanahan is going to try to exploit that of right, the Kansas City Chiefs. That. Those outside linebackers are going to be the biggest key for the Chiefs if they're going to be able to stop that kind of motion because it is outside concepts and slot concepts for the most part with the running game and also with the passing game too, the quick passing game play action. And that's going to be the biggest key. I just looked it up earlier. Agba's actually hurt. He's not going to be able to play this game, Oh, he's but, not? Yeah, but uh, Terrell Suggs is somebody they brought in, I think, for that role. Absolutely for that I role. Think 100% he's there for that role. Uh, there are other pass rush depth linebackers are going to be big big keys in terms of trying to keep up with the motion, either in man coverage or in, like I said, a spy role. That's going to end up making a difference when it comes down to that. And Reggie Ragland, who's their middle linebacker normally, don't be surprised if they break him outside too because he's got good physicality that can definitely keep up, not keep up, but press and maybe chip somebody like Kittle or use Chick at the line of scrimmage too so they don't get those kinds of right-away blocks, too. I mean, yeah, you're 100% right, but now this brings us back to Mr. Jones in the middle. The Kansas City Chiefs do have clear indications for when to insert him, and especially against the Tennessee Titans. When Deion Lewis entered the game, Pinnell came off the field for Jones every time. With Henry in the game, Pinnell and Derek uh, Nadi played more frequently than Jones. Right. Excuse me. And Nadi played very well. Yes. And Shanahan's offensive philosophy is built around not giving those sort of tells and using the flexibility afforded by personnel to take advantage of whoever is on the field. So you look at this right now. It's This game is really going to come down to cats and mouses. Don't, wouldn't you say, Speedy? Absolutely. Especially on, on the uh, Chiefs' defensive side of the ball and the, when the San Francisco 49ers had the offense. Yeah, I would say the Chiefs. Linebacker and DT rotation versus the Niners running back and receiver rotation. That's what it really needed to look at, and especially in the slot area. And I think another guy that it's interesting with the Chiefs hasn't played much. He's a young, talented linebacker in some areas. He's not really known as a run stopper, but he's really fast. Kind of a smaller guy. Another guy to look at in this game for the Chiefs is Dorian O'Daniel. Kind of a forgotten about linebacker. Played with Clemson for a while on that national championship team. But I think he's a guy that could definitely be utilized in terms of getting more reps, too. Because, again, there are other linebackers, guys like Hitchens and Wilson. They're more bulk physical linebackers that really, I don't know if they have the speed outside to be able to do that. So between O'Daniel, Raglan, and the pass rushing type linebackers, I think those are the guys that are going to try to be used in the flats more. And even just on the defensive end, they might not rush as conventionally as they normally do. Like we see Spagnuolo like to do, too. Yeah, and that's something he does. And one thing about Chris Jones is that he said he felt much better after the AFC Championship game. And while Speedy and I could sit here and think that's true, the Chiefs still have to question, uh, have a question on their hands. They absolutely need Jones as an interior disruptor, obviously, on passing downs. He's also their best shot at shooting into the backfield and taking down Mostert or the other 49ers backs for a loss. But... Just as they did with the Packers' ends, Shanahan will likely try to weaponize Jones' aggressiveness by trapping him and running him into the hole he just vacated. If Pinnell and Nandi are in the game, Kansas City will have a stouter run defense, but it won't have much in the way of interior penetration against the San Francisco 49ers' passing game, which could be huge. And I think, like I said, and I'm going to say again, Jimmy G is going to have to make a play in this game in order for the San Francisco 49ers to win this game. Outside of the obvious running or passing down, the Chiefs will not be able to use San Francisco's 49ers personnel packages to get their best players for a particular type of play in this game. And that's going to hurt them against both the pass and the run. Wouldn't you say so with that when it comes down to stuff like that? Mm -hmm. I mean... The down and distance where a defense has the least information about what the offense is going to do first and 10 
is is going to be a big key. But again, nobody does better on first and ten than Kyle Shanahan's led offenses. Right. Okay. Now you you, you look at this. The 49ers average a league-best 6.8 yards per play on first downs this season. They ranked second in yards per pass attempt and seventh in yards per rush and ran the ball more than 62% of the time. The second highest mark in the NFL. Some of that run frequency is influenced by game script, obviously, with the 49ers often leading (coughs) by a significant chunk in the fourth quarter. But... Shanahan-led offense is going to be a problem on first downs. Right. And, of course, Mahomes and the Chiefs' offenses are averaging 8.3 yards per play on first downs in the playoffs. So the Chiefs are pretty good, too, you might say. (laughs) But, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go to a quick break right now. And when we do come back from break, we're still going to be talking about the San Francisco 49ers, how Kyle Shanahan could exploit the Kansas City linebackers, which Speedy was getting into before a little bit. I'm going to let him get more into detail about that when we come back here at the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. 1-845-478-3272 is the number to reach us here at the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And now staying with the Super Bowl and our preview and stuff, there's another hot topic that I want to talk about right now. And Speedy was getting into it before, but... Speedy, how can Kyle Shanahan exploit the Kansas City linebackers? Slot motion, I think, is a big key. Also, I think bunch formations is definitely something if you get three guys outside. Because keep in mind, Kansas City's primary linebackers are going to be former Cowboy Anthony Hitchens and Damian Williams. Wilson, Wilson, Damian sorry. Wilson, yeah. So I think bunch formations is something they're going to be utilizing a lot. Now, Kyle Shanahan, like you said earlier, does a lot of different formations that don't involve having three receivers. Three receivers it has been the way to go for a lot of these teams recently with spread offenses now with more motion offenses. But Kyle Shanahan does it differently. He uses Kittle at times. He'll use Kittle and Juszczyk in the same bunch sometimes. He a does, lot of times, actually. Yeah, he does things very creatively with that, too. So that's going to be an interesting thing. I think as a result, he'll use out of that. Don't be surprised if they run out of that bunch formation with another wide receiver, maybe the third receiver in that loop. Or the other way, don't be surprised if they're running with the one isolated receiver, too. So I think it'll definitely be interesting. The other thing I think you'll see is a lot of tight two guys on each side bunches, whether maybe it's a tight end outside or a tight end inside, maybe one tight end on each side. That's something I think that could be utilized, too, because outside of Ragland, that is a big weakness for the Chiefs, and I think that's going to be one area they can expose. Now, one thing I think— Yeah, but they bring in Reggie Ragland a lot for his run support. Now, no, Raglan's a good linebacker. I'm not. No, but I, I know, know that. But that's what I'm saying. He's usually brought in a lot for the run support on the, for the defensive side right. of the ball. Now, the other thing that's interesting is if the Chiefs either bring Honey Badger up because he can go all over the field. He is. He can. He's the best coverage safety in football, and I think he's the most versatile safety in football. And also, we saw a lot of Daniel Sorensen as well against Tennessee, who I'm not crazy about, but he played well. You got to give him credit. So maybe they'll try that again too if they try to utilize that. We'll see how the Niners do it. Maybe they put the bunch outside more. We've seen a lot of those wacky reverse bunches with uh, shotgun formations now. Sometimes they'll bring out an extra offensive lineman and those kinds of things. So we'll see if the Niners are able to do that because the Niners' offensive line depth is not very good. But they might do that just to throw them off uh, creatively-wise. We saw Matt Nagy do that a lot last year. We saw the Titans obviously do that last week with their offensive lineman catching a touchdown in a trip's bunch type thing but I think that was even a tighter formation so there's different ways I think they could utilize that and I think that's going to be a big area of emphasis to try to attack those linebackers now again if Spagnolo adjusts will Shanahan be able to do the same will they change to maybe a bunch formations and maybe go to the middle bunch formations with slot emphasis we'll see but I think that's going to be the biggest key in terms of a formation standpoint to attack that weakness it is going to be interesting to see what Kyle Shanahan does. I, I will agree with you, Speedy. There will be a lot of motion being done with uh, with Kyle Shanahan and, uh, and that offense. One, he likes to do the motion, period, because it works out better for his team. But the linebacking core of Damian Wilson and Anthony Hitchens, they're not very good with stuff like that. And you look at uh, Wilson who played about 30% of the defensive snaps for the Cowboys before jumping 
to 64% of the snaps in the first season with the Chiefs. He had allowed a passer rating of 115.5 in coverage, which was the eighth worst mark in the league for linebackers with at least 200 coverage snaps. That's not a good look going forward. And, 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 and you look at Hitchens, who was just given a big money deal by the Chiefs. He's considered a top target, too, in this pass coverage because the Green Bay Packers just exploited uh, went after Hitchens and isolating him against Jones in a mesh variant. This went for 50 yards and would have been a 60-yard touchdown if Jones hadn't stepped out of bounds. The Chargers have had success isolating Austin Eckler against Hitchens over the past two years. And when the Chiefs do decide to bring on Reggie Ragland, it is for run support. It's to help out the run game when he brings him out there. The Vikings were able to manufacture a 32-yard completion to fullback C.J. Ham after he faked a blocked attempt on Ragland before releasing upfield. And, and, and you look at it like this. If you thought the Packers like picking on Wilson and Hitchens, you'll never guess what they did when the two linebackers were on the same side of the field. And you look at this right now, and when it comes to 2-1-2 on the outside, Hitchens and Wilson matched up against Jones, Jones and Graham was not a good look for the Kansas City Chiefs, okay? You look at it right now, Kyle Shanahan is looking at these linebackers and looking to get after them very fast and very, very efficient. And, yeah, the Chiefs linebackers aren't great in coverage, but they're not that good in the run either. And that's something we're going to have to keep our eye on. You look at this game, you look in the AFC Championship game, I mean, the Chiefs held Derrick Henry to 69 yards on 19 carries, which was a much improved performance against the run, okay? And the defensive line was key here. Clark was excellent against Jack Conklin, who Jack Clark, Jack Conklin has been yeah, outstanding. Yeah, he, he had a rough game. Yeah, but he's been outstanding for the, for the Tennessee Titans. <coughs> he chased down Derrick Henry from a run from behind. Nadi and Pinnell up the middle. You, you, you look at it, though, like this. There was some troublesome moments where Terrell Suggs tried to cheat his way into another gap where Henry was to run, and he went the other way. And you could see that Hitchens was visibly frustrated after missing a tackle on Henry behind the line of scrimmage. It, it, it really wasn't able to stop him for, for a touchdown that Derrick Henry did run. But the Chiefs only allowed 1.4 yards after first contact which is going to be huge, and it's going to be something we're going to have to keep our eye on going forward with that run after contact with Mostert because there's a huge difference between Raheem Mostert and Derrick Henry. Can you agree with me there, Speedy? There's a huge difference physicality-wise. Size, yeah. Size and skill, a big difference, but Mostert, again, is still well-rounded. And now, Speedy, I want to talk to you about the safeties who can win you the game or lose you the game. And you, and you mentioned him before. Tyron Matthew, the Honey Badger, who's easily one of the best safeties in the game, okay? He needs to have a big game this uh, Super Bowl in order for the Chiefs to win. There, there's certain guys that need to have big games for their respective teams to win. Mm -hmm. Tyron Matthew, in my opinion, is one of them. Yeah, because his, <laughs> his value is so interesting with all he could do. He's played safety free safety as a great coverage guy. He's played slot corner. He's played outside corner back when he was with Arizona. He could do a lot of different things, and the Niners, with all the speed that they have and all the running ability they have, it'll be interesting to see how the Honey Badger is used. I, I expect him to be mostly as a slot guy, kind of not box safety, but kind of like a robber. Well, do, well, can you see them running a single high or a double high safety on George Kittle and stuff and maybe shadowing him? I can because I think because there's not a downfield threat besides Kittle on this team, I can see that a lot. Now, that's where somebody like Juan Thornhill would have been more necessary because he's more Who tore his ACL the yeah, last game of the season. Right, which that he was being more used as that deep coverage safety because he's not as good of a run stopper. He was being used as that. So Sorensen, who's not that type of guy, it's going to be tough to see if they utilize him. I'm curious to see if they maybe bring a cornerback maybe in that kind of role. Somebody like Morris Claiborne, who's not really a great cover corner uh, in man coverage. He stinks. Right. So he's he's kind of slowed down. Maybe they use him as a safety. Maybe somebody like Chavarius Ward, who's a versatile defensive back. 
if because Sorensen's not really that type of guy. Or they reverse it and have Sorensen go into that role and shuffle uh, Honey Badger back into that role. The other thing I think they could use Honey Badger to do, in addition to being a slot safety or a lurk type safety to stop the run and stop the motion, is will he be the man-to-man guy on George Kittle too? They might use him man-to-man because with his speed and he's obviously got, even though he's not a, a big guy, he's still got physicality as well. They might even have him bracketed with Ragland or him bracketed with one of those other linebackers. Because Hitchens, that's kind of his strength is more physical coverage. So maybe that's what the direction they go in. So that'll be definitely interesting. And then Sorensen, I think, is the big wild card. Because, again, he, he does make mistakes in coverage. He, do, uh, he does have a penalty-prone side to him, and he's not a great deep coverage safety. So I think they'll be using him a lot more in that kind of role, too, in terms of stopping the run and try to maybe pick those guys out of the, the bunch formations. Because you could pick the guy within a yard of the line of scrimmage. And that's where I think the physicality can make a difference, too. And the other one I think that can make a difference is Bashaw Breland, too, with his physicality. Their number two corner, he might be utilized more in a slot kind of role, too, if they bring up Honey Badger or if they put Honey Badger in the middle against Kittle. Don't be surprised if they try to do that because he's the one with size. He doesn't really have the speed, but he has the size to be able to break up those bunches, too. I look at Tyron Matthew, and he is going to be the key player for the Chiefs on the defensive side of the football. It really is almost impossible to imagine the Chiefs having a great game on defense against the 49ers without a significant contribution from the former LSU star who was, again, outstanding in LSU, but he's been even better in the NFL. His instincts and speed make him the sort of player who can discourage or downright blow up the jet sweeps and wide runs the 49ers love to use so much, especially with Debo Samuel. He's a defensive playmaker who moves all around the defense from snap to snap. You'll never know where he is because he's everywhere from snap to snap. And there has to be a momentum in this game in which Matthew is in a spot Garoppolo isn't expecting and gets a fingertip or a hand on the football, maybe an interception. If that's enough to force a takeaway, Matthew will have done his job. You look at it right now, Matthew and Hitchens, again, Hitchens, those two linebackers, but I'm singling out Hitchens, will need to play a significant role in identifying what San Francisco is running and beating its blockers to the punch. Okay, you you look at it right now. Kyle Shanahan is not go is going to dress up a handful of zone and gap concepts the 49ers run with motion, pitches and misdirections to an extent few NFL teams can match. So it, it Tyrone Matthew, again, he's one of my X factors. In this oh, game, in, in this in this Super Bowl, but now Speedy, we're gonna go to the Chiefs real quick. What can the Chiefs do to exploit the 49ers on uh, offense and the 49ers defense? Well, I think the rotation of the wide receivers is definitely something significant because Richard Sherman is a very physical corner, either in zone coverage. Press zone is usually his specialty. but he And he didn't. lines up on the left side 99% of the time. But here's the thing. They moved him around. They they made sure that Devontae Adams wasn't going to do what he did to the Seahawks when Matt LaFleur was moving around. Usually he just stays on the one side. Like you said, his, the left side of their formation, the right side of the offensive formation. And Richard Sherman moved around. I If Robert Sala did it right, he would play, I would say, 70, 75% of the snaps on Tyreek Hill. Because if they can press him at the line of scrimmage and then the pass rush can get there, that's going to make a big difference in him not getting one yards after the catch and two, separation on those very complicated routes that he likes to run as a deep threat. So I think that'll end up making a big difference looking at this game. How will they move Richard Sherman around? And like I said, the linebackers, maybe even in coverage, helping out on those smaller corners to make a big difference for the Niners too. But in terms of the Chiefs, them exploiting slot areas could be big too. Because the Niners' secondary depth after that is not great. Emmanuel Mosley's played really well this postseason. But again, like I said, the guy that I think has a big mismatch on him is Sammy Watkins with his size. I think he has a two or three inch height advantage and a really big muscle advantage. He's definitely the guy that physically can make a big difference. And I think they're also maybe using some two tight end sets. Don't be surprised if they spread around outside of Kelsey their tight end depth after that to maybe exploit that as well. And then you got the other s- slot receivers. Can they make a difference in their motion on guys like Byron Pringle, McCole Hardman, 
Demarcus Robinson. They're all very similar speed-type receivers that have also, like the Niners receivers, been able to use in different run concepts and also different motion route concepts too. So if they can exploit the Niners linebackers and find holes in their coverage, they can get a lot of yards after the catch too. The Niners are mostly a rotational zone defense. They're physical outside, and then they're speed-type, kind of that outside-type defense inside. So if the Chiefs can win on in those slot areas too, whether it's their motion routes or whether it's intermediate routes as well, because they're a much better route-running team than the Niners are, they can definitely make a difference in terms of spreading those linebackers out and finding holes against that defense. And they did a great job at that against the Titans. The Titans were rotating all types of coverages. They were rushing four or five for the most part, and they were disguising what they were going to do. And I expect Robert Sala to do the same thing because that's, again, what you have to do to fill in the voids that you might not have with the talent with your with your secondary outside of Richard Sherman. So I expect them to do that too. So if Patrick Mahomes can extend the plays, if Andy Reid can call plays to maybe find the holes in those zones with those slot receivers, that I think will be the biggest difference in this game. And like I said, I think the biggest guy in terms of an impact just because of his size I think will be Sammy Watkins. Interesting. Sammy Watkins. Interesting. I like that X factor out of you, one of them. Mm-hmm. You brought up Richard Sherman before and with how he lines up and you, and 99% of the time he lines up on the left side of the field. And, and, and you've been saying he, they've been moving him more. I, they I moved haven't him seen against it. Green Bay because they had to adjust to what Green Bay was doing in Seattle. Okay. You look at Richard Sherman, though. He's obviously still one of the best cornerbacks, safeties, whatever you want to put up there. Left cornerback. There is. On throws to the left side of the offense, though, San Francisco is 16th in passer rating allowed. And that's where it's going to start with Emmanuel Mosley. Okay? And you look at Mosley, who has had a good postseason. The Chiefs are going to look at Mosley as the defensive back they want to target in the passing game when the 49ers play their classic cover three defense. And to be honest with you, I think that's something Andy Reid's going to exploit very, very now, well. a lot of those stats, though, can be rigged by the struggles of Akello Witherspoon, too, and that's why he was benched a lot in the second half of the season, too. I get that. I get that, but you know Andy Reid is a very, very smart man, and he's definitely going to be going after after uh, Mosley for a fact. You, you, you look at Andy Reid, he's lined up his three top wide receivers to one side of the field, and split star tight end Travis Kelsey to the backside. It places the defenses in an impossible position. It floods the trip side with help. And Kelsey, wherever he is, he ends up one-on-one against what is typically a smaller type linebacker, uh, cornerback. Just go ask the Texans' Lonnie Johnson how that went in the divisional round. Go ask God. That was literally the single worst game plan matchup I remember in a postseason in a long time. Well, let me ask you, Speedy. How Romeo Cornell left him in a... By himself on an island. Number four corner, rookie corner, who isn't even that good on (laughs) Against a top top two tight end. (laughs) Him and George Kittle are the two best tight ends in football. So, you look at it right now. The doubles on Kelsey aren't going to be happening because with the corner help, with a linebacker to the inside or safety over the top because that makes sense. But now the defense has one fewer player to handle a set of Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, and Mr. Hardman over there who has really come along for the Kansas City Chiefs. McCall Hardman (coughs) all together on the other side. And let's be real here. When Kelsey Kelsey out-muscles the other uh, cornerback on a slant, it goes for 10 to 15 yards. And when a defense blows a coverage against Hill or Hardman, defenders have to watch the league's fastest receiving corps race each other to the end zone. And I'm not going to lie, I'm going to put my money on the Kansas City Chiefs being the fastest uh, wide receiving corps the San Francisco 49ers are going to see this entire season. Mm -hmm. Would you agree with me there? Um, So here's the question for Andy Reid. Which side will he align Kelsey in those three times, three X one sets? When the 49ers are in a cover three, will they put Kelsey against Sherman? And there will likely be a one-on-one matchup, although the six-foot-three Sherman has the size and physicality to at least mix it up with Kelsey at the line of scrimmage. And now, Speedy, you talk about uh, these other guys. Perhaps more importantly, do the Chiefs end up with their three top wideouts on Mosley's side, which won't be good for the San Francisco 49ers if that's the case. 
And, and you're talking about putting on extra stress on a guy who is one playing in the biggest game of his career. Two, he's still a rookie in the game. He's a rookie. So it's hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, but I understand. But it's more harder for uh, a defensive corner than for Hardman, who's a number four type uh, weapon for the Kansas City Chiefs behind Fair. Watkins Hill and Kelsey and all that stuff. Fair, but Mosley's been the more consistent player all year. Isolating Kelsey versus Mosley is almost definitely a mismatch for size reasons alone. Kelsey is 6'5", Mosley is 5'11", at 190 pounds. Kelsey outweighs him by 70 pounds alone. There will be cover three or cover six variations. The 49ers typically run that ask Mosley to either play man coverage as the backside corner against Kelsey or to attempt to win at the line of scrimmage and reroute Kelsey. And I don't see that helping happening because Mr. Travis Kelsey is one of the best physical tight ends we've seen in the NFL. I can't see him going off route or getting pushed off the ball at the line. So, and and now, like you said, Speedy, the 49ers do have a cornerback with size on the bench in Akilo Witherspoon, who is six foot three and stuff. And the Niners preferred Witherspoon to Mosley. And Witherspoon has began the season as a starter and, and Mosley filled in after Witherspoon went down with a sprained foot. And he also really struggled too. Yeah. The problem is that teams simply kept picking on Witherspoon with success. That is the problem going forward. So it, it does look like Mosley's going to get the nod and be the starter there yeah. going forward, but it, 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 it's it's going to be interesting to well, see I, because if if Kelsey physically dominates Mosley early in this game, which could very well happen, he could easily dominate Mosley every which way, physicality to everything. The uh, you, you you look at the defensive coordinator; he's in a lose lose situation because you go look at the Texans defensive coordinator Romeo Cornell; he had to stick with Johnson against Kelsey for most of the game. He didn't have to. Well, he, he had did. no he had no alternative. But Hardrick McKinney or Zach Cunningham or Justin Reed, that's a better alternative than that. I'm going to look at it like this. If if Salah brings in Witherspoon, the Chiefs are going to be be delighted because Witherspoon has the size to compete with Kelsey but doesn't have the physicality. And the Chiefs can flip their offense and start running the hill-led trip side of attack at Witherspoon, which should be terrifying for the San Francisco 49ers. I think the matchup you'll see with Kelsey Moore is either a double team of linebackers and safeties, maybe they'll bracket, I forget who their starting free safety is off the top of my head, I think it's Kawan Williams. They'll bracket him with a linebacker or maybe a linebacker with a corner. I think the linebacker emphasis will be more key on Kelsey than the corner emphasis. I don't think you're going to see Robert Sala make that kind of mistake. <laughs> it's going to be really interesting to see. But ladies and gentlemen... We are going to go to a quick break, and when we do come back from break, it is time. Our last pick'em of the season. Speedy Petey and I will be doing that when we come back from break here at the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. one 3272 is the number to reach us here at the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And now, ladies and gentlemen, like I said... This is our last pick'em of this season. And Speedy, let's do it. All righty. So this one I've toyed with all the two weeks it was there. A lot of times I'll know who I already have winning. This one was tough. I had to, I had to really figure this one out because like we were going through all week, I think it was just a lot of motion, a lot of random players. And I think that's what's going to define the Super Bowl is a lot of random players, a lot of slot guys, a lot of number two receivers. I don't think it'll be your usual stars. Defensively, like I said, the Niners interior, the Niners linebackers, the Chiefs with guys like Kendall Fuller and their rotation of DTs. I think that you're going to really see that define it in the game. I think both quarterbacks will play well. I don't think either one will play great. I think You're high. I, I don't think either one will play 300 yards, four touchdowns. Type. I, th I think you're going to see a kind of game where it's going to be a mixture of everything. The difference in the game, I think, is going to be a stat that you said last week. I think, or not last show. I think the red zone offense is what's really going to make the difference. And what I saw with Patrick Mahomes, what he was able to improvise against the Titans, I think that really is going to show what they what they can do. And I think the interior offensive line for Kansas City, playing as well as they did as well, 
in that instance will help. And we talked about Kyle Juszczyk earlier. Another guy to watch out is the Chiefs fullback, Anthony Sherman. I think they're going to utilize him a lot in the backfield. Their running backs blocking, I think, will be a big help too. And Mahomes, I think they can trust to do the rest. Nick Bosa is obviously better than any lineman the Titans had, but Mahomes, I think, will make the difference. I think the slot guys will make the difference. And I think, like I said, Sammy Watkins, I think, will have the biggest game of all just with his size. I think the way Andy Reid will utilize him, they'll move him to the slot at times. I think him after the catch, we've seen him do big things. He was great against the Titans, and I think that'll be the guy who ends up making a difference defensively. Kendall Fuller's got the speed to keep up with those receivers. Like I said, Honey Badger has the ability to move around with those linebackers. I think that'll make a difference. I think the Chiefs will be very bend-don't-break. They're, they're not going to be as good stopping the run as they will they were against Derrick Henry. I think the Niners still have something like 120 yards or so rushing from their running backs and maybe some from their receivers. But it, that's not. I don't think that'll be enough. And just like I said, I, if it comes down to the, their receivers running sophisticated routes, I just don't trust it with the Niners. And I think that'll end up making a difference. I always say there's two things that I don't like. Teams that are too hot, which are the Chiefs, but also teams that are, win. Wait, you're going to sit there and say the 49ers aren't hotter? No, the Chiefs are on a bigger winning streak right now than the Niners. The Niners lost Atlanta at the end of the season, remember? That, uh, that weird catch from Julio Jones. But... The other thing I don't like, and that's the one. This is the one thing I don't like with the Niners. They haven't showed they can win in different ways. The Chiefs, we mentioned it right after the Super Bowl. They played a, as complete of a game as you can get against the Titans. They ran the ball in the second half. They stopped the run. They used those other guys, and I just trust their depth a little more to be able to do that because the Niners have just won with their style so far this postseason. And if they're going to get exposed or they're going to get stopped in those areas, can they make the adjustment yet? That's just the one thing I haven't seen yet. And I think the Chiefs will be more prepared to do that as a result. That's why I think the Niners will end up settling for field goals a little more than they should. And I think that's why the Chiefs, with their receiving depth and their coaching staff, I mean, the coaching staff's kind of canceled, but they're receiving depth. I think will end up making a difference in this game. There's a lot of youth on that Niners team. So I'm going to take the Chiefs. I think it'll be a very close game throughout. I think they'll start slow like they always do, and then I think they'll dominate the second and third quarters. That'll really make a difference, and I think the red zone defense will be a big difference. I'm going to take the Kansas City Chiefs to win this game 27-23. Interesting, Speedy. Interesting. This game is going to be one on Patrick Mahomes' shoulders if they were to win the game. I've always said whoever has the best quarterback in the Super Bowl will win the game. The Kansas City Chiefs have the best quarterback on the field. I don't trust Jimmy Garoppolo to do half of what Patrick Mahomes can do. Jimmy Garoppolo is not capable of winning a game. And if the San Francisco 49ers go behind early, which I think they will, they're going to have problem playing catch-up because they're not used to playing catch-up and Jimmy Garoppolo have to be throwing the ball. And if Jimmy Garoppolo has to throw the ball 30 times this game in order for the 49ers to win, they will get blown out by 10 or more points. And you could, you could fact, I'm telling you right now, if Jimmy Garoppolo has to throw the ball 30 times in this game, the San Francisco 49ers are getting blown out, okay? And I still think they're going to get blown out in this game. I am picking the Chiefs to win this game, okay? I get it. The 49ers have a better defensive front four. They have a better offensive lineman. I understand that. But what the Kansas City Chiefs defense did to Derrick Henry, who has been torching everybody, has to make you open up your eyes a little bit going forward. And if they could stop Roheen Mustard and whatnot, and put the ball in Jimmy Garoppolo's hands, which I think that's what Andy Reid wants, is Jimmy G to have to go out there and beat them themselves. This is going to go right into the Kansas City Chiefs game. I don't think the 49ers have anybody capable of stopping Kelsey, Watkins, Hill, and and uh, the other guy, Melko uh, Hardman. Hardman. Okay? I don't, see that, I don't see that happening at all because there are going to be matchups and the Chiefs are going to exploit the matchups going forward. So that's one thing for sure. So to end this show, and to end our last pick'em of the season, I am picking the Kansas City Chiefs to win in a blowout. 31-17. to 17. The Kansas City Chiefs will win this game by 10 or more. One more thing, too. I just want to mention this because I just realized this, too. The Chiefs are also 
in the same pattern as a lot of other recent champions within their their title game too. They fall behind. They start the playoffs falling behind really early, and usually they they come back the way they did and they did it again. A lot of times you you see that in other sports too. You saw the Nationals do that this year. They had the, the three run homer in the first inning against the Brewers. They came back and won that game. Down against the Dodgers. Uh, our least favorite basketball team in Virginia did the same thing. Down Ugh. down to a 16 seed at Ugh. the end of the first half. Ugh. And all the weird ways they won. We, see, we saw it. The Eagles, really bad in the first half against Atlanta. They came back and won, and then they blew out Minnesota. Like We've seen this many times with recent champions be able to do this. Just this mantra of falling behind and just all of a sudden bursting back the way they did. The Chiefs have done that all season. I think that really prepares them well, just based on what, what I've seen from past champions and teams that are under a lot of pressure, too, to be able to do that. Yeah, I, I, I mean, you're not wrong. And again, I'm going to state this one last time. If the 49ers have to play from behind, they are going to be in a lot, a lot of trouble. But ladies and gentlemen... That's going to be it for our show here at the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. We will be back on Monday at 4 p.m. You'll be you'll have myself and Speedy Petey here on Monday to go over the Super Bowl and all the other news that will be taking place uh, over the weekend. Stay safe. Enjoy the Super Bowl. I know I will. And uh, Speedy. Let's go Chiefs, huh? That's what we're yes. going to go with? Let's, I'm definitely rooting for the Chiefs. Let's, let's go Chiefs. I'm definitely rooting for the Chiefs, I'll tell you that. But ladies and gentlemen, that's it for our show here at the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.